everybody, and welcome to another episode of Trash Takes. I'm Angela Coach. You can call me Coach. Follow me at the Real Mister Eighty Three on Twitter. I'm here with my co-host Al Hill. You can follow me at Sensation underscore Al. Um, but there's an X where the O should be, um, and this is Trash Takes. You can follow the Trash Takes Three on Twitter. Al, my goodness, you know one of the things that I said to you is anytime we do one of these episodes, I want to make sure that we have a, like a timeless. Um, type of genre or timeless type of topic that we can talk about so that no matter when you listen to it, it it's relevant and I don't want to sprinkle in some current events and stuff like that but every time I want to do it, the sports world throws just more exciting current stuff that we just cannot ignore yep right off the bat right off the bat I just want to praise I mean I'm so ecstatic because everything I spoke into the existence last week about the Giants has come to fruition Kenny Galladay is a New York Giant. Adore Jackson is a New York Giant. The free agency has been so well to me. I'm a very, very happy man. They did it. Yeah. They held him hostage. They did it all. And they put a gun to his head, and then he eventually signed. He gave. He caved. He signed the contract, yeah. bro. He's a Giant. Yep. They needed to get it done. I think it's probably more than Giants fans would have liked. Uh, it's a bit more expensive. But, uh, you know, you're not really paying anybody else. So, fuck it, right? No. Well, uh, with last year and this year, there's some money in the books. Uh, but what do we talk about? Money's not real in the NFL. The cap's not yeah. real in the NFL. And then what I thought would have been a stretch, I, you know, listen, you, you never think you get everything right, right? You never think, oh, all the guys we bring in, we're going to end up signing, right? Everyone said, oh, no one wants to sign with the Giants. Everyone's talking that shit on the internet. Everyone's talking that shit on Twitter. And a Dory Jackson was supposed to come into Giants land, talk to us, and then go to Philadelphia and talk to those guys. But he said... Fuck those tanking losers. I'm not even going to take a seat, not even take a meeting with the Eagles. I'm signing right here with Logan Ryan, with Joe Judge, and everybody who recruited uh, Dory Jackson um, to a healthy contract, to a nice one. And we got everybody we ever wanted. Uh, we signed some guards slash tackles. Um, and, I mean, we may not be done, but heading into this draft, oh, man, I am very, very, very happy. I'm not sure if you can say the same about the Jets, but that's sure more, can, uh, bro. Yeah, no, uh, Giants definitely made those moves were really good, and the Jets followed it up with some good moves of their own. Sheldon Rankins on the defensive line, big name, another really good contract. They did. They, I, I talked about the Corey Davis contract, where one of the years is actually just a fallacy. It's fake. If the Giants, if the Jets don't want him, they could just cut him. They did the same thing with Sheldon Rankins. It's like a one-year deal with like a pseudo second year if they want to bring him back it's basically an option that's not an option uh that dude is a big man he's a people mover he's gonna do some things uh on the defensive line him Quinton williams carl lawson it's a nice little core there they signed Vinny curry that's nice so you got him on the opposite side since they're gonna do with some kind of rotation with that second defensive end uh and then they went and they added tevin coleman not you know a star oh, okay. not not a star but they needed a running back and they got a running back and they got a running back that robert Sala is familiar with and i love it it is fantastic and i'm gonna do it i know you hate him you hate him with all of your heart you're you're very vocal on twitter you hate the man i was suggested some youtube highlights of zach wilson yesterday oh, and i watched him this i watched him and this man no can fault. sling it there's just <clears throat> no fault of zach wilson himself he did nothing for me to hate him i hate him because of everyone on twitter that had no idea 
Zach Wilson from Zach Efron one month ago. But ever since the season ended, all the talking heads, the scouts, the the everybody on Twitter needed something else um, to 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 talk about besides just Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So they push this kid like he's the next, uh, you know, the second coming of you know who. Yep. And I, it's driving me nuts. So yes, now I am on the Zach Wilson hate parade. I bro, let me tell you, I got I got uh, suggested a YouTube video of his highlights from last year. And he does some things with the with the football. It, uh, yeah. I mean, understandably, they're highlights, so of course it's going to be made for him to look good. But, I yeah. mean, making the right decisions, pulling the ball down when he needs to, it was a lot of read option kind of stuff. But it was some really good read option, a lot of bootlegs and throws on the run. I don't know if you saw Twitter blew up today uh, for his pro day. He made mm-hmm. one throw in particular where he was he turned to his right Fake the handoff, bootleg out to his left, and running this way, turned and threw the ball like opposite direction. It was a, 45 it was yards a Mahomes, downfield. It was Flick a Mahomes-esque throw. Like, yes. it was special. And that kind of throw is what makes it in the NFL. That, 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 looked, that looked really good. And I've been saying that the Jets should take uh, the tackle from Oregon. But I am significantly less upset in now having seen it if they take Zach Wilson. So let me jump into that. Right when I was starting to get a grip on directions of where this draft was going to go, because once free agency clear up, you're, you're seeing you know, what teams have what players in, in place and what teams have what holes. And, and, and you start to formulate that, okay, Trevor Lawrence going first. Um, the Jets, I thought, was taking Sewell, you know, second. The Miami was chilling at three. They have some options. They can go uh, Jamar Chase. They can go with the other tackle. They can trade whatever they might do, right? So now, now I have now no idea not. what's going on. Now they're not chilling. Up there. Have, exactly. They're doing the opposite of chilling. In fact, they haven't chilled on one pick. They What they start off? So they started off trading so they went their from, third they went from overall three pick. to 12, and they picked yep. up a third this year. A first next year and a first in 2023. Correct. Correct. So they picked up two and firsts then, and a third, and they moved back from three to 12. Right. But then they took that 12 and said, LOL, Eagles, you're not chilling at six. All that tanking to get to the six overall was bullshit. Take our 12. We'll give you a first next year, and we'll swap like a third and a fourth. We want six. So now. Miami goes right yeah, back think... into Jamar Chase land. <clears throat> the Eagles are out of what I would look at as crazy offensive weapon land, so I don't know what they're looking for. They move behind my Giants, and the thing is, I'm very happy with it because I, the way I see it is the 49ers move up to three because they are looking for a quarterback. Yeah, I right? mean, so, yeah, so th- that move, and th- I think they ended up – Netting, like they move back three spots, end up netting uh, a first and a third, and they moved back in the fourth or something like that. Something weird. Yeah. Some some weird. That that fourth round pick, whatever. Don't care. They they end up netting a first and a third. Uh, mm-hmm. they move back obviously from three to six now after moving back to twelve and trading back up, whatever. Uh, the weirdest thing is they traded up. The Niners traded up to three from twelve. And then they said, yeah. uh, Jimmy G's our guy. So, I think that's false. Yeah, so you have to assume that Trey Lance 
or Zach Wilson is a target. Obviously, I think or it's field. I think it's yeah, Fields. I think it's more funny if the Jets take Zach Wilson now, knowing that the 49ers probably want Zach Wilson. Uh, no, see, I don't. I don't. I, so Robert here's the Sala, thing. Now, Robert dude, Sala gets to fuck the 49ers one time. But the thing is, is the reason why I feel like it, it wouldn't end up screwing them and why I think they have somebody else on their mind that they might think the Falcons were targeting is because there's no way you make that trade with Miami without offering the same package to the Jets. And there's no way you get rejected from the Jets and still say, oh, yeah, we're no. getting Zach Wilson at three. No, unless... All right, so now the Jets don't want to move back to 12 because they're looking at either one of the quarterbacks or the tackle, right? So yeah. at 12, neither is there. So maybe the Jets said no. There's a whole – there's a worm. I mean, this is this is a wormhole. You're going to go down this. It'll never end. Maybe the Jets said no, right? Now they're at three. Now there is a potential chance that the Jets say, yeah, you know what? We want Sewell anyway. You're not going to take him. Or there could be some crazy-ass weird shit where the Jets take Zach Wilson – and in this world where Jimmy G actually is the guy for the 49ers, there is a potential that they traded all the way up to three to jump Cincinnati at five to take the offensive tackle. As Maybe. dumb, I mean, that, would make that their... sounds so unbelievably stupid when you look at it to trade all the way up from 12 to three for an offensive tackle. It doesn't make any sense. But so why if we're taking the 49ers' words at face value that they mean what they say, that is the most likely scenario as i'm not saying it's the right thing because i think it's stupid as all hell it is gonna ruin their franchise they're gonna get hosed because they want an offensive tackle for no reason uh but that would be the alternative is that they were trying to take the offensive tackle and they needed to jump cincinnati because at this point if cincinnati doesn't take the offensive tackle they're all going to jail for neglect <laughs> and or attempted murder of joe burrow so here's me out hear me out mike you know i had a co-worker and i think he's dead wrong so i think you're dead right and i think he's dead wrong however one of uh, joe burrow's former teammates wide receiver is available for <laughs> there's if they take jamar and chase joe burrow will have two fake knees and they will be out of quarterback that's exactly what i said it's exactly what i said i think it's ridiculous to think that if Sewell, or I think even Slater at this point, falling to Cincinnati that they're just chilling, taking a wide receiver after watching their their star franchise quarterback's leg explode to pieces because of bad offensive line play and bad protection. It's, it's a ridiculous concept, but I like the idea. And listen, as a Giants fan, I want as many QB needy teams moving within that top 10 because the more QB needy or weapon needy teams – Going that top ten, the more listen. I don't want to get crazy, but I did a PFF mock draft, and Sewell dropped all the way to the Giants. Yeah, and I'm not saying that'll happen, but I'm saying my targets is offensive line. My targets is Kyle Pitt. My target is obviously Jamar Chase if he can fall or Slater, uh, and Mika Parsons too. So if Slater the, the be more there. I think Parsons these guys might move be up, there. yeah, the more these guys move up, the better chance that my dreams can come true. And then this offseason would just be uh, absolutely absurd. Yeah, a couple because he brought the name up. A couple more quick things before we get into the the meat and potatoes here. Uh, I don't know how Penn State was as bad as they were because uh, the numbers came out from their pro day. They had two linebackers run sub four four forties. Mutants. Yeah. They are breeding mutant human beings at Penn State. 
um obviously saquon barkley now we know what that man the, the inhuman um and now jason oway ran a 436 at 257 pounds yeah that is They're faster than denzel mims last year just wide receiver it's faster than justin jefferson and mika parsons did the same thing and ran a 439 at 245 they're but they're saying these numbers they're saying these numbers are juice though that, i don't think that, so because i don't think so because he ran like a 433 earlier that was unofficial too and they assumed that he was gonna run 4-4 and apparently at practice he's cooking wide receivers like he's cooking the wide receivers so. on his own team so apparently these yeah. guys are running legit like four sub four four times at 250 pounds listen if I, I I got 25 pounds on those guys, I'm running like a 6-6, all right? Like, those guys are inhuman. No, it's I'm not even making it, dude. My hamstring's tearing straight off the bone. Dude, I don't have to worry about any of that. Those guys, um, that the draft has no – there is speed everywhere in this draft. Speed is readily available this year yeah let me tell you but it, it it's becoming a foregone conclusion that in the combination of all the free agents you know and and kenny g and the saxophone player and adory jackson being the main parts obviously but along with who's making what moves in the draft i listen i don't want to jinx anything but i don't see a way i walk away disappointed i really don't Bro, the Jets got the Jets have the option of every player in the draft except Trevor Lawrence, and I think there's like, I I mean, listen, they could take like, you know, the backup running back from Columbia University they, or something, and I'll be upset. I there's saw, just no way. I saw a report that actually, um, and I don't know who tweeted it, but I think right before we came on, uh, that the Jets are open to trading Sam Darnold for a non-first rounder. So he could be on yeah. the move, and that will basically nail in the coffin Zach Wilson's your guy. And I think that's his value is like second or third. Uh, give me yep. If I get a two for Sam, I'm pretty happy because that means yep. I think from what I saw from Zach Wilson's pro day, I think the Jets addressed wide receiver enough in – free agency this year I, I like what they did they're hoping that Denzel Mims is a one Corey Davis is a two Jameson Crowder in the slot Keelan Cole is a deep threat you have you know something at running back I think if you if you take Zach Wilson at two you probably go guard guard uh late one and early two and now your offensive line's loaded you have weapons there you put Zach Wilson in a good spot and then you know you got two first next year you can do some things see what, what? happens I think you go Zach Wilson. I think you get that. Uh, was it the Alabama running back uh, at your twenty some odd pick? The Naj- Seattle pick. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they want to get Najee Harris because you can take. There's there there is an abundance of running backs this year. I mean, uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and then there's two kids, uh, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Something, something along those lines. Uh, the two it's, kids, two kids from UNC, both really good. Like there's there's a bunch of good running backs this year, so I think they can get them deeper. What a difference three years make that it was suck for Sam and now it's two for Sam. <laughs> now it's second round for Sam and it's it's wild. But I think listen, Sam, I think Sam could still do it, whether or not he's gonna be elite at any point ever, probably not, but I think putting him in a in another different situation I think could could rejuvenate his career. I think he still has the opportunity. He's still really young. Like I think Zach Wilson's probably like a year younger than Sam and Sam's been in the league three years now. So uh right. 
you know, Sam's still young. Put him in the right spot. I think he could do some things, which I think is why the Jets will probably get a two or a three. They'll get some good value out of him. I just don't think at this point, continuing his career with the Jets is probably in the cards. Like I said, I mean, I said earlier that I, I, we could give him this year, but I, I think, you know, moving on is probably good both for the Jets and for Sam. Yeah, and I really hope they, they send him to a uh, a good place for that he can at least attempt to bring his career around. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, if I think if Carolina can't give up, you know, this year's draft and next year's draft and uh, Christian McCaffrey to get Deshaun Watson, they might be uh, looking at Sam Darnold. That could be an option. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Love to see it. Al, it's my favorite um, time of the year. It, it, it's it started. Baseball has started, basically. It never ends, man. Um, Here we go. Free agency, draft, baseball. It's all coming to yeah. a head. Here we go. It, it, it really doesn't end, but like this is my favorite. Mo- I mean, you, you feel in the air. The weather starts changing. Like All of it is perfect. I, I just... It's literally my favorite time of the year. And I think it speaks for a lot of people that may, you know, listen or follow any, you know, any of the teams. I mean, this time of year is, is fantastic. And I'm trying to think, like, obviously, you know, the Mets, they get me excited. We're going to have an excited year. The Yankees, they're going to be exciting. They're going to have an exciting year, hopefully, obviously. But there's certain things that in general, as a sports fan, you specifically, and, and me as a Mets fan too, but the things that drive – um some of the excitement in this sport and all the sports, but baseball specifically is the rivalries that we bump into and that we experience and that we view throughout all of these seasons. So you have the most classic rival rivalry of all time. The, the oldest that I, I can be aware of the most intense, the most memorable, and that's Yankees Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Now, the Mets, uh, I, the way I look at our rivalries are obviously interdivision. I despise the Braves, and, and most Mets fans do, and Braves despise us. The Phillies, forget it. I mean, that's as intense as it can be. In recent years, I've built up a very big hatred towards the Nationals. There's nothing really there for us in the Marlins. Now, for you guys, we know of Yankee Boston, but my, here's my question. One, I want to know what your take is. Is the Yankee Boston rivalry where it has always been is it still there like where's the intensity level from like a one to ten in the yankees boston red sox rivalry right now uh i think it's it's up and down um so i mean like early the mid 2000s uh it was really intense because i mean you had uh the yankees were good and the red sox were good and, you know, everybody loved to hate David Ortiz and Pedro and Manny Ramirez, especially after, you know, Pedro threw Don Zimmer. That was like, you know, that was, we despised, hated him, hated him, couldn't stand him. So that was, that was a big one. Um, I mean, recently I feel like it's died down because, you know, the Red Sox are trash. So but the last, I don't the last because- in the last two years, it's kind of like, you know, ha, fuck the Red Sox. Like, you know, they're getting smoked. So, But they won. They won in 2018. They won recent, more recently than the Yankees. And I guess my question is, like, I've noticed it too. You're right. It's no, died it, down. No, yeah, it was, like, right after that 2018 season because they were bad. Right. Like, not not right. that they, you know, they didn't win the World Series that year. It was they were not good at all. Right. And now all their pieces are gone, and they're completely rebuilding. You know, the Yankees did that rebuilding thing. But that mm-hmm. was one season, and I think the Yankees still made the playoffs that year. Like you know, they got they've never they had lost a sub, in the ALDS, but still, 
they were still yeah, they you know they they yeah. rebuilt and you know they took no, they, they might have missed the playoffs that year they traded they traded yeah. chapman for uh glaber torres and whatever and then they got chapman right back because uh yep. brian cashman's a genius and then they traded andrew miller for clint frazier and some other pieces justice sheffield i think now but like my 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 thing is is that what do you think fuels these rivalries? Like, so for example, for me, you know, and, and I want to bring Crosstown in, into perspective. So I know the Mets or Mets fans like myself will hate Yankees more than the Yankees will reciprocate. But I feel like we both have like different things that uh, that get that going for us. Like for me, I'll always hate the Yankees no matter what. For you guys, you won't hate the Mets until they start getting a little more attention than the Yankees. You know, as soon as they're like the talk of the town, it's like, no, fuck that. We're New York's team, and that's where it starts getting built up again. And that might be happening in recent times. But I'm always wondering, like, what fuels these rivalries? Are there ones that no matter what happens? And I'm going to ask my West Coast listeners, too. Uh, I'll tweet it out. I'll ask, and I know there's thousands of them listening. You know, you have Dodgers San Francisco. You have Dodgers Padres. But, like, what I'm asking now is Dodgers Padres bigger than Dodgers San Francisco just because of skill level and competitiveness. Is there other rivalries that no matter what the win loss record or what the talent level is, there's just always this hatred. I want to know what fuels rivalries more. Does there have to be fist thrown? Is it about fans interaction? You know, like what fuels it all, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, Yankee, I'll listen. There is one singular time that I will root for the Red Sox, and I think I tweeted this out a couple of years back. It was something along the lines of like we like you know the Red Sox winning helped the Yankees get a better seed in the playoffs or something along those lines. That's the only time, the only time it's ever going to happen. Right. I that team, Yankees, Red Sox, it's 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 just rooted deeper than everything else. So you know it's not as intense right now because they're bad, but there is never a time that I will ever. You know, the Red Sox, I hate them. We, we hate them. But, like, right now it's, you know, kind of cool because, you know, they're bad. Um, yeah. I think for you, uh, jealousy definitely plays a part, right? Yankees, Mets. Because, you know, the, yeah, for, for in, in, that, in that aspect, I mean, the Yankees yeah. have always been better than the Mets since we've been alive. Uh, so I'm sure that's got something to do with it. You know, Yankees or Mets fans are sick and tired of hearing about the Yankees winning, and I'm sure that's got something to do with with some of these rivalries. Uh, obviously, like I said, Yankees Red Sox is just rooted deeper in terms of all other things. I mean, it's got it. I feel like a rivalry can't. I guess it can be sparked by just like a specific moment. Um. I mean, I, this is probably the third time we've talked about it now, but Derek Dietrich and the Pirates, like, you know, he pimped that one home run and they had a season-long thing back and forth. But I feel like that's not, that didn't transcend it where to the point where it's like, you know, the teams hate each other now. I feel like now it's just, it was just that season, Derek Dietrich, and they hated Derek Dietrich. Well, let so, me ask something. I guess, I guess a moment like that could do it, but in order for it to keep going, I feel like it either has to be, like, a, a crosstown thing or, like, a, an East Coast or West Coast thing or uh, a divisional thing or, you know. But let me, let, me, let me ask something real quick. Do you feel like in recent years especially, 
And again, it would kind of serve back to like they're actually a competitive team recently. But do you, don't you feel like the Yankees' Rays uh, uh, rivalry has been heating up, especially since like CC Sabathia with you know hitting certain guys and cursing them out and on the mound, and and yeah. now Kevin Cash saying we got ninety eight mile an hour throwers, we'll throw you. You know, there's something brewing there that's had some consistency at least for let's call it four years. A little bit, but yeah. if, and the Rays, the Yankees have always had trouble beating the Rays for whatever reason it might be. The same way the Yankees blow out the Orioles every time, the Yankees have some weird trouble beating the Rays, regardless of how good they are. You know, there yeah. there there were seasons where you know the sixty five win Rays got ten of those off the Yankees and shit. Doesn't make yeah. any sense, but it happened. Um, but I again, I don't, of course, I you know, AL East. So I want all of those teams to do poorly besides the Yankees, but it's not as serious because I know that this year the Rays are going to regress because that's what they do. They're not a great team. They won't be a great team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe maybe this year won't be enough, but you you know, eventually within the next you know year or two, they're going to go back to being the Rays and not being you not being in a World Series and not even making the playoffs and. So I think it's less serious. I think it, so. It's gotta. I think the perfect rivalry is something like a Yankees Red Sox, where it's got it's got history, and you know the trade for Babe Ruth, and it's all the way back to 1918, and now we're talking, you know, hundreds of years at this point. We're talking <laughs> about how much we hate them. We're both East Coast, so we're close, and you know, Yankee like it's New York and Boston, so it's like. Big cities big on the cracker. East Coast, and it's like the you know the accents, the New cracker. York accent and the Boston accent. It's like there's a whole there. It's like the perfect storm of rivalries that caused this rive this or the perfect the perfect storm of factors, I guess, that caused this rivalry to be where it's at. Right. So it's it is yeah. the upper echelon of of rivalries like you talk about sports rivalries yankees red sox comes up because it's one of the biggest of all time right yeah um it's got a it's got all of the factors that one in particular so i think it it is a little bit of 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 everything of like i think you you said it for like you know you don't think of it you don't think of the mets marlins because no and and i have a reason yeah, and it's it's not because they're not great. No, 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 no. I really don't. No, because we have had our struggles against the Marlins too. And, and listen, they won a World Series before uh, since we have, and they, and it's it relatively recently, if you ask me, two thousand three. So, yeah. and you know very well, forget. obviously. So, but but it's not even about that. The Marlins can win a hundred games tomorrow, uh, not mathematically, but they can win a hundred games this season, right? No, and it's what, not about that. Yeah. It's the entire way that I think they operate their organization, too. So I think one thing you also need for rivalries and for you to build up a real hatred as from one organization to another, you need consistency and common players playing there for multiple years. So an organization like the Marlins and the Rays, they don't keep anybody for more than five and a half seconds. So this how are you as a fan or a player? And I'm not saying we need rivalries, but I think it's more intense and it's fun to watch. And I, but yeah. how are you supposed to hate anyone when in two years this guy's not even the same guy who hit uh, uh, Aaron Judge in the ribs with a fastball or or the same guy that hit Michael Conforto or was hitting home runs on uh, against us ain't even going to be there in a season and a half for two years. No matter how good or bad they are, they're going to dump them, right? Yeah. Giancarlo Stanton yeah. is, a, is an example. So – if you don't have the the uh, 
let's see, is it a good example? The Juan Sotos are going to be there for 10 years. If you don't have the Freddie Freemans there for me to despise, the Chase Utleys in Philly, if you don't have them there, I'm going to, it's going to do, you know, sizzle out. I don't have a hatred towards your players. We'll come up with random reasons to hate you because we're in New York, but like, it's going to be real tough. You know, that's one big factor. That's a big factor and in, I think with both organizations. That goes hand in hand with what I said about, you know, the, the moments, right? You have those moments that can spark that kind of stuff. And, you know, if those moments are one season thing, like the, you know, Derek Dietrich pimping the home runs against the Pirates, like that was, you know, a season long feud, and then it was over. You know, it's it Red, it Reds, yeah. Reds Pirates isn't a thing. But when yeah. you have, you know, David Ortiz being this clutch hitter for years against the Yankees and all this nonsense, you build up that hatred for David Ortiz and for Manny Ramirez. And, you know, there's, there's that level of respect because, you know, I respect how good David Ortiz was. And how good Manny Ramirez was, but I also despise them because of the the things that they were able to do for years against the Yankees. They yeah. were always these clutch RBI machines, absolute yeah. machines that were able to do these things year after year, time after time, game after game against the Yankees. And I, I understand exactly what you're saying. You're talking, you, it's you know the Rays don't have those guys. Evan Longoria is like the the longest tenured Ray that I can remember. And he wasn't yeah. even, he was great for like two or three years. And he was like, no, like average, you know, he killed the Yanks. He, he did. Killed the Yanks. He did. That's, that's that kind of guy though. He's not, you know, he is like the biggest name that you can associate with the Rays recently. Right. And then you have guys like, you know, we're talking about the Red Sox. We're talking, uh, Mookie Betts and Devers. And, you know, before that, like obviously David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Nomar Garcia Parra with the dumbass batting gloves, uh, and then uh, when you, you you brought it up with the Mets, you're talking about Pedroia, you, you're talking about uh, Utley, uh, yeah, Pedroia. You're talking about Utley and uh, Freddie Freeman. Those are like guys that time after time are going to come up against the Mets. They're going to kill your Mets. Yeah. And it's the it's that. So it's like it, they go hand in hand. I think for a really big rivalry, it's got to have a bunch of those factors. And I feel like if you go through and like listen to anything that we've said so far and and think about the biggest rivalries, they're going to have more than one of these factors involved uh, where, where you're talking about, uh, you know, consistent, like consistent teams and whether or not they're in your division and uh, whether or not there's these moments that come up, you know, Don Zimmer being thrown to the ground, like those are the kinds of things. Yeah, and I think um, I think right now the crosstowns are going to be pretty intense for a little while. Steve Cohen's in town; he's going to keep us a, a competitive team, keep us a good team. The Yankees are always going to be a good team, so I think the crosstowns going to be the most intense. Uh, Dodgers, Padres. I think the Padres now because San Francisco is pretty bad takes over. And again, West Coast is going to have to correct me unless they already hate san diego fans you know what the biggest factor is that they could be all going to school together for all i know for us the reason why i hate the yankees so much is listen i'm for a decade and two decades i was sitting in a classroom or hanging out best friend wise playing video games whatever it might be with other yankee fans constantly talking about the yankees this that and the third yeah. i'm not sitting with other marlins fans and and, yeah. and the, the atlanta and, and philly i see them enough where i hate them but like if you're not, if you don't have somebody talking your face at least, hating on your team or promoting theirs that you hate, I don't think you're gonna get some of that. Uh, you good? 
Uh, you're no, not going to get some of that I intensity. So I didn't blow out the ears. <laughs> you're not going to get some of that intensity. So that that's obviously a huge factor. Same thing with Jets, Giants. I mean, we deal with it. We're Mets, Jets, G yeah. uh, Giants. Uh, I mean, Mets, Yankees, Giants, Jets. So uh, they're going to have to tell me if right now Dodgers, San Diego is a big thing. Listen, I'm bumping into San Diego's fans that are talking too much on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like Mets and, yeah. and, and Padres fans are going out. So I can only imagine what it's like between Dodgers and San Diego. So again, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to have to do with these teams have to be good at the same time for it to be really intense. But I really like the timeless ones that last no matter what yankees red sox hopefully it stays intense you want to go yeah. to the football packers bears you know that will Classic. always be yep. there no matter what you and know and that's uh, that's because there. that's it's rooted deeper it's it's got everything there it's you know they're relatively close in proximity i mean illinois and wisconsin are relatively close to each other yeah they've been there since the start of the nfl they were both good at the start of the nfl they went back and forth obviously the pack the same division it's got everything there and there's those moments in some of those games obviously i can't recite them because i don't i don't really care about the packers or the bears not only that's not even in my conference uh nope. but i'm sure that if you ask the bears fan they're gonna tell you all about that time that clay matthews hit jay cutler too hard and they despise him for that and that's something yep. that they remember and it's and for the bears it's the jealousy factor because the packers have been better and it's got all those you know all those boxes are ticked the same way like you know for you with the mets when you're you're just talking about the mets with the yankees it's got jealousy and crosstown and like good at the same time there's a whole bunch of those there that factor in that's that's another one bears packers yeah you want to you want to know some of my favorites though go ahead the non-division the non-crosstown but the manufactured through, like you said, the historical moments that did brew up uh, um, rivalries. You know, I'll give you an, obviously an example. Classically, is Boston Celtics versus the Los Angeles Lakers. That's the biggest one of all time in basketball. It's yep. hard to beat that one. For you guys, recently, Yankees Astros. You guys at this point, because of the success level, because. You guys are the ones that pretty much outed them. John Boy, the Yankee fan base and whatever, are pretty much out, and especially since they bounced you guys from the playoffs, sorry. Yep. Um, you guys pretty much outed them for the whole cheating scandal. They bounced from the playoffs. You took their best pitcher. There's a lot going on there. I love that because you guys are not even the same division. You just meet in the playoffs. The Mets have one, and they're going to have one this year. We have them historically with the Dodgers, dating back to the 80s. We do. Yeah. 1988, they... Spanked us in divisional round and it ruined our lives. We're supposed to have the best team around after 86. And that carried through for decades. And then as of recently, obviously, we beat them in, in 2015. They took Chase Utley, our most hated player, put him on the team, and he broke our shortstop's leg, who we didn't even like. But just because he was our <laughs> shortstop, you know, we were pissed. And there is a real non-divisional, but obviously in the in the league, the National yeah. League, rivalry between the Mets and Dodgers when we cross paths. Yeah, there's That's a, the stuff I like. Another one, uh, back to the NFL, you know, you gave your NFL one, I'll give my NFL one. Colts, Patriots. Yeah. That was, I mean, the AFC Championship game for how many years in a row? And, you know, the Steelers had, had their shots in there, but it was mainly Colts Patriots for a while because it was the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady show, and Peyton yeah. Manning ran the ran the regular season, and he couldn't beat Tom in the playoffs, and you know it never ended. That was that was one where I'm sure fans will tell you, especially probably more so on the Colts side than on the Patriots side because the Patriots got the best of them more often than not. No, I don't know. Yeah, 
No, no, no. Peyton Manning has beaten Tom Brady more times than Tom Brady's beaten Peyton Manning in the playoffs. Really? Yeah, three to like two, three to one AFC Championship, whatever wow. like that. And I, I, now, yeah, I feel like Super Bowl success probably factors in there. Of course. But, but I'm sure they're like, you know, I'm sure that they're not, you know, they're not the same division, they're the same conference, but because they're both so good at the same time for so long and you have the who's the GOAT for for at the time, you know, for a while it was definitely Peyton Manning. Now it's probably definitely Tom Brady. Like it's back and that was that's another one another fun one where that so, that core of, you know, six, seven, eight years built this whole rivalry that never that never existed before what i like what i like about that one is because nfl and especially nba is a lot more individualistic if that's the word for the players is that you don't just have team rivalries you have forever career player rivalries whether yeah. they'll admit it or we've created it media wise you know fan base wise because obviously when manning went to denver it was no different it just became Peyton Manning in Denver versus Tom Brady in the AFC for, instead of Peyton Manning in the Colts. You didn't yep. you didn't feel the same thing when it was Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. No, it was just Peyton Manning. So it, it was so cool because now they had career rivalries because of who they were. In basketball, maybe there's LeBron and somebody else or or, or a few others that you can throw in there. Baseball, you don't have that. You I know, feel what, like... what are we gonna throw around? Trout and Bryce Harper. Like, what, there's not really nah. individual player rivalries. That's all team based because it's a super team sport. Yeah, but. Football, you might have quarterback versus quarterback rivalries, you know, no matter what. It's yeah, cool. I feel like it's I feel like it's like a comparison thing, and I feel like the fans actually take it more seriously than the players themselves do. Because I'm sure Tom and Peyton went out there, and obviously, you know, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, you know, Tom, you beat my ass today, good job. Yeah. You know, they're going to be they're going to be pissed at the time, but like, yeah. I feel like they like they understand how the other feels because they're in that they've been in that spot before and they have that level of respect whereas you know we're just getting on our keyboards and smashing our keyboards tom brady ah like you know and you make a good point <laughs> i love the rivalries that the players buy into Football, I feel like, listen, I understand defensive ends, linebackers, maybe they do because they hit, they'll, they'll hit a little harder, right? But other than that, the quarterbacks, they stay way too respectful. Oh, yeah, he just beat my ass. They're shaking hands at the end of the day. Baseball, I feel like, does it best where if there's a real rivalry going on, they all buy in. That's why I respect CC Spathy as much as I hate him when he's a Yankee. That dude bought in on whatever rivalry was going on, whether it's in the division with the Boston Red Sox or the playoffs, whatever it is. If he was throwing at somebody, he was throwing at somebody who was cursing at them. For us, uh, Mets versus the Dodgers with Chase Utley. Noah Syndergaard was throwing behind his ass and getting ejected. I was at that game. And, and, <laughs> and having fans throw shit and, and our ass is the jackpot now is the classic line to Terry Collins. Okay? So those are the – I love it when when players can buy into the rivalries that us, the fans, are screaming our heads off about is way better and – Vice versa, when they don't, and they're just sitting there like, oh, it doesn't really matter whether we got our ass kicked or killed them, and they don't, and they're not showing it to their division rival or whatever rival it is, it pisses me off. It, someone is nice, I will never forget this. Someone is nice and pure and great as David Wright was, who he's an angel from heaven. I'll never forget 2015, 2016, hits a single, drives in a run, it was against the Braves, gets to first base. You, the camera caught him in a bad time, zoomed in on his face, and who's standing there? Obviously, Freddie Freeman. He points right in his face and says, fuck you, because Freddie Freeman <laughs> had, like, 17 RBIs that game, you know? So we finally took the lead, and just right in his I love that. I want all the players to buy into what you and I are buying into at home. 
Yeah. You know, that's what makes rivalries cool. It lets us all so. get on the it lets us all get on the same page, you know. It lets it lets us really be the players there. We're out here, we're yelling. God, you know, I I I wish I feel like the Jets, the Jets Patriots rivalry probably does this pretty well too in the NFL. You, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really work as well in the NFL. I feel like Jets Patriots, at least for Jets fans, because you know we got our ass beat twice a year for the last twenty five years. Uh, but like, I I don't I don't remember if you were there or not. Twenty sixteen, week sixteen, Jets Patriots. Uh. Also going on at the same time, Steelers Browns. Jets are nine, nine and five. Jets are nine and five. Steelers are also nine and five, but they hold the tiebreaker. Steelers lose to the Browns, who are shit. Stadium goes nuts. Jets beat the Patriots to make it to ten and six. Right, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws a, a dime to Eric Decker in the back of the end zone. And we all lost our shit. And that's the kind of rivalry that we all want. And it's it's it had something to do with the Jets being good that season. And everything to do with the fact that we just put Tom Brady on his ass in MetLife Stadium. Fucking Fitz Magic. We were all screaming now, and yelling like a bunch of lunatics. See, here's my problem. Here's my problem with the Jets-Patriots rivalry. It's hard to say it's a rivalry because we talked before. It's mostly it's, fueled on who's good at the same time. It's that hatred thing. But it's not even a rivalry. Here's my problem. I always feel like, and listen, you can just tell me I'm wrong, but here's the gist that I got from your reactions. I always felt like I hated the Patriots more than any other Jet fan ever did, and that's a problem. Oh. I always felt like there was too much of this respect factor, like, well, they have the GOAT on their team, and we have to respect that, and the great bullshit. Say that he's the worst. You should be shitting on Tom Brady, like guy like Tom Brady. And yes, I know you're a respectful fan, and your your game rec uh, you know recognizes game, and you got to give respect. But no, you don't. If you hated this guy who was giving you torture for 20 years or whatever it is, rip the guy to shreds. It should be way worse than what I'm saying. I I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying the gist that I got was that I always hated the Patriots more so as a Giants fan, which makes no sense than Jets fans did. Wrong. They could be wrong. They could be wrong. But wrong we went to Mela or we went to foxborough and we buried that bitch bro we mark sanchez sent them packing how do you think you i guarantee you there are some there, like there are some people on the patriots shit list and i guarantee you very close to the top of that are bart scott and braylon edwards for and no Ryan. particular reason oh and rex Ryan, yeah uh, yeah. But Bart Scott and uh, Braylon Edwards are way at the top of that list. And Bart Scott, because of that dumbass interview he did with Sal Palantonio where he said, can't wait. Can't wait. And Braylon Edwards, <laughs> because he beat that ass and then did a fucking backflip on the field. <laughs> yep. No, listen. Uh, like I said, there's peaks. There's valleys. I get it. I'm just saying I wish it would have stayed consistent hatred. I don't know why. Maybe I just like people hating the Patriots. The consistent nah, hatred. Even when you guys were winning two games or winning ten games or beating Tom Brady in the playoffs. I didn't care what it was. But I, I don't know. I, I wanted to nah, see more fire. So I, again, think, not... I think the thing is what you saw is Defeat. the Giants. The we obviously we're defeated yeah but the the giant the giants were in the playoffs right so the giants are you know are are a good team and you're you have this rivalry with the patriots you beat them twice the giants the giants are making playoffs 
that so you're seeing that Jets Patriots never went away. It's just for the other 14 weeks we kind of didn't give a shit because we were getting smoked. Right. And that no, that I'm sure you kind of you kind of took as oh it's not as serious Jets Patriots. But those two weeks, let me tell you, I'm sitting in front of my TV. I don't care if we're one in 14 in week 17. We're gonna beat the. I'm gonna scream at my damn TV to make sure Tom Brady gets his ass sacked. Good. What are we doing on time? Ah, uh, 44 minutes. So one thing I'm, I'm interested to also see, and I don't really care either way, but this will just be kind of a case of a team being at the peak, you know, at their peak, and that's the Blue Jays right now for you guys. And yeah. I'm interested to see if that elevates. You don't have any moments with them. You really don't. You, you don't have any crazy moments. But I'm wondering if, you know, George Springer can string a few home runs at some key times and – Bobachet can do some wild things if you guys can heat up and, and get something going over the next few years uh, and add that to the mix. Um, yeah, I think also, that that one in particular is going to come down to those moments because we have yeah. Crosstown's not there, but we have the division, and you know it looks like they're going to be set up for success for a long time. It's going to come down to those moments, you know, if we get a Vladdy a Vladdy bat drop, right. and you know I don't even know who pitches for them, but you know if somebody drills Aaron Judge or something, those are the kind of things where you know those if those build up, it looks like it could be one of those rivalries where you know Yankees Blue Jays becomes a thing, right. Yeah, it's uh, that's interesting to watch. But then I'm also wondering. Here's another little twist to it. Do you have to almost be careful? Unless I'm not that people are trying to avoid rivalries or, or certain taglines. But let's pretend we're in the media, right? Do you have to like avoid diluting interdivisional rivalries? You know what I'm saying? Like for us, it, it's never a problem because. Uh, the Braves and Mets will always have their thing. The Phillies and Mets will always have their thing. But do you have to almost like be careful? Like, let's take the Dodgers now with the Padres and you guys with the Rays, Boston, and, and Blue Jays. That you can't heat up too much one-on-one um, rivalries or else it kind of loses its fizzle. It's, it's either you guys have your hatred with Boston and everybody else is second rate. Or the Dodgers have their hatred with the Giants and everybody else is second rate. And us with, let's say we pick the Phillies. Or is it no? You can have literally three hated teams in your division, and it could be just as heated as the next team. Like, do you think like adding teams to the rotation ruins things, or really does not affect any of the rivalries at all? I think I feel like outsiders are gonna look at it and they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you know, the Yankees have a rivalry with everyone now," and it's like, but as a Yankees fan, you're going into the season and you're thinking, "All right, I hate the Red Sox because you always hate the Red Sox." And you know, like I said, if if this if this Blue Jays rivalry uh, heats up a little bit, suddenly you're talking about them, and it's I'm sure you could say the same thing. Like if all of a sudden you know, all the Mets you know Mets fans hate the Yankees and the Phillies and the Nats and the Braves, and you know from the outside it's like ah that's stupid, but like you know you're gonna have you're gonna have tons of series against teams that aren't those teams where you're just kind of you know watching you're rooting for your Mets, and then you're gonna have those ones where you're like. I hate Juan Soto, and I want yeah. it. I want that man. I want that man. I want to see Degrom wind up and put one in his hip at 105, and like you're gonna, you know, the same thing with Freddie Freeman, and it in those. I'm sure. I guess there's there are some teams like you know the the shit tier teams where they don't have the the ability to have rivalries because they don't check half those boxes because they're just not good enough. Uh, right. That don't get the opportunity to to 
to have that hatred for for other teams and other players and whatever else but i i feel like for i guess from the outside yeah, from the outside looking in it feels like it it might dilute it for other for other people but if you're if you're in the heat of the moment you're you're rooting for that team and you have you're like you you're part of that rivalry it, nothing's going to dilute it yeah no i, I guess can't. you're right like i said I, I, i'm an, a the mets fan and the mets team and their entire situation is an, ex an example of that. I, I equally, now I wouldn't say equally, but I'm saying my hatred for the Phillies does not take away my hatred for the uh, the Braves, and it doesn't take my hatred away from or competitiveness, whatever you want to call it, from the Yankees. Um, it just doesn't. Um, and, and I think it's brewing up for the Dodgers too, because I, I expect to see them now at this high level uh, often yeah. in play scenario i, I really like do mets, and it's mets dodgers yankees more. astros is like uh you know the, exactly the kind of thing. yep exactly um it's gonna be it, it's gonna be fun and the reason why i bring it up the reason why i think it's such a big topic is baseball basketball football it makes for a better better product the rivalry aspect of things just make for more intense whether it's whether that game matters in the in the grand scheme of things regular season or playoffs like you know oh, oh this game is meaningless now nah, screw that if you hate that team enough and the players buy in the fans buy in the organizations buy in that can make you can make that the most intense game of the entire season even if it's completely meaningless right oh and, yeah and bro the yankees lock up the one seed and they're playing the the red Sox, who were you know 72 and 83 yep i'm still i hope to god we beat them by 17 yep exactly and you gotta have that you gotta keep that that competitiveness it's like giants cowboys i don't care if the cowboys locked up the division by week six and we are picking first in the – I hope such hard things happen. And I'm not an injury guy, I, but let me just put that out there. No, they, there, there, there is a difference. I'll never, I'll never, never wish injury. an injury on a guy. Exactly, because it will come back to you. It will. So I never root for injury. But all I'm saying is I just hope – I don't care. And so – oh, perfect example, Al. I'm so glad it's coming to me. The the meaningless games you can win against your division opponent, especially in football, because of pick draft picks that are associated. I am so dug deep in rivalries and division hatred for some of these teams, and obviously it's in order of Cowboys, then Eagles, and then uh, whatever you want to call the Washington team, literally the football team. Um, but you know the Eagles are really starting to brew up there. But I don't care what the circumstances. Call me a dumb fan. Call me whatever. I call you a fake fan if you don't share the same energy. You better want to beat that division rival by 80 every time you play them, no matter the circumstance. No draft order can justify, unless maybe you're getting Trevor Lawrence, but no draft order can justify saying, well, I hope we don't beat this team. It's such a loser mentality. It's how can you even – how can you look yourself in the mirror if you're going to say, well, I hope the Eagles beat us today. I hope the Cowboys beat the Giants or you, for you guys. I hope the Bills or Patriots – Beat our asses today because of that draft pick. Fuck that. You cannot call yourself a serious fan. I know you're actually rooting for the good thing for your team. But you cannot have any pride and actually look that in the face and say, I hope that happens. That's what I, I'm saying. I think, so I think you can be okay with losing if that's the end result. As long as your team busted their ass playing that game. It needs to be like... It, had the Jets played the Bills Week 17 or whatever, I'm going to prefer they win because fuck the Bills. But, you know, if they lose, I have the fallback of, you know, we moved up to second in the draft or whatever. So the, the post-game post, 
post the game, I'm going to be like, yeah, but you know, draft position. During the game, I need Josh Allen to throw six picks, and I expect to win by 42. Bingo. That's totally – I will accept that part. Yeah. I will accept the whole, you know, kind of cheer yourself up, come up yep. with fake excuses. That's exactly what it is. I'm okay with everything. I gotta, That's fine. I got I to gotta, I gotta move on with my life at the end of the day, dude. I have, to, I have to make myself feel okay feel after that, the pain. Then I am totally on board with that. I would have done the same. But if you're cheering for that before the game, if you're saying after you win, oh, my gosh, that was a dumb win, or if you're saying during the game, no, I hope it – Please, I don't want to go dark here, but do some bad things to yourself because that is that is horrible mentality. But you're absolutely right. I will accept, especially in football, I will accept you coming up with reasons to cheer yourself up. Like, ah, well, it's good for our traffic. You want to say that? I'm on board because the result's already done. You already lost. I get no. it. But don't do that during the game. Don't be ashamed of yourself for winning. And don't attack other fans for saying, why are you guys cheering? Well, screw you. Winning against a division opponent is always going to be a good thing. That's it. Yeah. That is it. It's true. But yeah, let's... I'm excited. Rivalries, no rivalries. Baseball season's here. So hopefully it is it's intense. Back, baby. Uh, and hopefully, like I said, you want to talk about cross town? Let's hope for a Subway Series World Series. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Oh, that'd out. be fantastic, man. Yeah, let's uh obviously <clears throat> we're both looking forward to that. Uh mm. do you know when they play? I'm sure they play again, right? What? The Yankees Bat Center League? Oh, they play July, sometime in the summer. I don't know. Yeah, it's always. But I wish I could go It's always ninety. It's always ninety-five degrees with hundred and twelve percent humidity <laughs> in in Yankee Stadium yep. or City Field, whatever it is. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it, it, it it's it's going to be a fun thing. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to go to the games, but I hope we can. But yeah, appreciate I think, everybody. I think they in. said. Uh, didn't didn't they announce recently that Mets are having fans for 20%. something? 20%, 20%. Yeah, whatever. That's good. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, wrap it up a little bit. You know, Yankees, Mets, yeah, obviously. No. Let's, uh... I, I, like I said, I, I want to get some uh, feedback from not only local, but some West Coast to let me know how the whole rivalry thing works for them. But yeah. I appreciate everybody tuning in, and we will uh, see you next time. Yeah. Let's, uh, how about uh, just sign a quarterback? <laughs> Thank you.